Ladies and gentlemen, this is America's Healthcare Advocate Show. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show. Separating fact from fiction. We're going to repeal it and replace it, and and it'll be great health care for much less money. We can have the benefits that were promised to them without any change whatsoever. But if we keep kicking the can down the road, keep digging the hole deeper, burying that deficit more, that's much harder to keep that kind of a commitment. Broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Uh, Susan Tom from Kansas City, Missouri. Marcia from Pittsburgh. My very special guest today, Grace Marie Turner, president of the Galen Institute. Welcome back, Grace Marie. Well, Carrie, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I do have to say, you are the most knowledgeable about health policy, just superlative. And now, ladies and gentlemen, America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA, 140 affiliates strong. Thanks to all of you in our listening audience. By the way, a shout out to the good folks in Clearwater, Florida. I've got a lot of calls from there last week and Spokane, Washington. So uh, we're glad to hear from you when you call, when you have questions, if we can help you with anything. We are always happy to do that. And I want to thank all of you for listening to our broadcast and making us one of the most listened to talk shows across the United States. My producer today, Mr. Ron Moore. I'm your host, Kerry Hall. This is your show, America. So thank you for joining us today. Joining me in studio today, we have two very special guests in studio with us today. Philip Kurtz, the CEO of Care ATC, and Vicki Rice, Vice President of Innovative Strategies from Care ATC, all the way in from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thank you for coming in studio today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So, you know, you've heard me do these other shows with Care ATC. These are the folks that run all of the primary care clinics. They do a wonderful job all across the country, all the way from Florida to California. Um, probably one of their biggest clients. You probably know them well if you travel around the Midwest or Western United States, and that would be Quick Trip. So and we've had Bryce Habeck, the Human Resources Director on here, talked about their program, how they did it you know, what they do and how it all works. So they're joining me in studio today, and we're going to kind of get in the weeds a little bit on what Care ATC does. And one of the questions that we really want to answer is, and I get this a lot from employers when we bring up this topic on the benefits side, when I'm putting on my broker consultant hat is, well, how do we measure the ROI? We know what it's going to cost. How do we measure that? We're going to talk about that today. We've got the two people in the studio that can do just that. So uh, we're looking forward to having them in the broadcast. If you do have any questions today about health insurance or health insurance-related issues, feel free to call the toll-free number, 877-385-2224. Anywhere in the United States, you can even call from Guam. We've gotten a couple of calls from there, believe it or not. 877-385-2224. Operators are standing by. They will take your calls, and we will get back to you after the broadcast. You can also go to the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Send me an email. Now, I get about 230 a day, so I don't answer each one of them the same day, but I do answer each and every one of them. So if you send me an email uh, at americashealthcareadvocate.com, I will be happy uh, to answer it and get back to you as quickly as I can. Once again, welcome. Great to have both of you here today. Philip, let's start with you. You you know, you were at Benefit Focus, which is a big company, um, and you moved from Benefit Focus over to Care ATC. What was that all about, and, and what made you decide you wanted to become part of Care ATC in 2013? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, first, very much delighted to be here. Uh, enjoy uh, the opportunity to to address your listeners and, and be a part of your great program. Um, I had actually started a company called 
benefit uh, informatics, which was really uh, a lot of what we do today, basically. It, it, we gather information on how a company is spending their healthcare dollars for their employees. Uh, we can determine what employees are using the healthcare system uh, and urgent care, emergency rooms, hospitalization, uh, how those dollars are a cost per procedure across multiple different uh, providers. Uh, for example, if you have a knee replacement, how much did it cost in one location versus another? So all of that information gives us a great deal of information of where are the opportunities. And so my company would uncover those. Uh, and uh, basically, we sold that business to Benefit Focus, who utilizes it in their whole enrollment uh, processes today. And when they sold that, I had a three-year, uh, basically, sort of golden handcuffs uh, where they paid me to stay and, and would uh, uh, handsomely reward me for and, and making Vicky that And Vicky was there at that time too, and right? Vicky was okay. there at that All time. Right. And, uh, and and Vicky will tell you her, her movement within that organization because she stayed there longer than I did. And so basically, <clears throat> with Benefit Focus, uh, I had also served on a, a board of a private equity firm who was looking at making investments. And uh, Care ATC was looking at potentially becoming a customer of ours at Benefit Informatics, and uh, I actually uh, took the founder, Ron Woods, out to lunch and talked to him about the opportunity of putting new capital into his company, and he said, you know, I don't, I don't really have, I mean, what would I do with it? And I said, well, you know, I, I, from what I've heard, you need to invest in the infrastructure, you need to build a marketing organization, and, and you need to build up your technology, whether you buy or, or build it yourself, and that sort of thing. And he said, well, I really... I, don't have anybody in the organization who's really uh, done that in, in our company. And, and he said, uh, would this be something you were interested in? And I would did not even in my wildest dream think that. <laughs> you you were a little there, surprised. That's not there, what you thought you were going to do. That's right. I was not there interviewing yeah. for a job. Yeah. Guess uh, what? <laughs> but, but, I, but, you know, I like the model. I like the opportunity. And uh, I said, yeah, I, I might very well be, be interested in doing this. And here this. you are. And uh, that was in February of 2013. By July, I, I joined the company and uh, uh, that year, and and uh, have absolutely no regrets. It's been a great, a great ride, a lot of fun, and I feel like we're we're accomplishing some wonderful big things. Yeah, you're growing by leaps and bounds. It always amazes me when I go in there and I see, you know, who's the next new big client you're bringing in, <laughs> or, and not necessarily all big. There, you know, there are a lot of smaller employers that. We've got smaller employers that are that are part of the system. So, Vicky, when did he manage to Shanghai you and get you to, <laughs> you to move over? Uh, because you're 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 kind of you know you're in charge of you know innovative strategies. And let's talk a little bit about that. And when did you make the move over? So I started um, with Care ATC in 2015. We um, Philip realized you know he needed help getting the analytics going inside the organization. Um, but we've, we're, we've become a data-driven company. He knew that was important going in, but getting the technology and the, um, the, the folks who, who knew how to make that happen into the organization took a little bit of time. After he left Benefit Focus, I got involved in the larger organization um, out in Charleston and was doing product management, inventing new things to serve our customers' needs. And so um, Philip asked me to come and help with analytics over here. Benefit Focus was a great company, and it, and I was getting to create um, services and software that employers use to help their employees uh, enroll in their health D plans. programs, right. Yeah. 
But here, I get to use data to help save people's lives. So that, that opportunity, that, that challenge to improve not only the quantity, uh, the quality of life, but also the quantity of life for those individual employees who need that help all through data, that's not something somebody like me would get the opportunity to do so, very so often. So connect the dots. You, are you, that's, a, that's a profound statement you yeah. made. Data to help save people's lives. How, how does that occur? How does that happen? Well, the foundation of everything that Care ATC does is our personal health assessment. And so we send our phlebotomist out to each employer's organization. Um, we, do, we do blood tests that come back with more than 60 different results telling us about the health of that patient. And then at an aggregate level, the risk to the health plan for those employers. And using that data, we are able to find people who don't have any idea they're on the verge of becoming diabetic, don't have any idea that their liver enzymes are higher than they're supposed to be, have no idea that they might have serious conditions early, start just starting to, to occur inside their bodies. These tests show that, and we have a, a full team of outreach folks, um, trained clinical staff who call those folks and say, listen, there's stuff going on inside. You need to come and see a doctor, whether it's our doctor or a primary care doctor outside of Care ATC. Not really the point. The point is you need help. So we're identifying people who we have we have uh, folks who get phone calls and get sent to the emergency room because that's how low their or high their values are. But we also have people who aren't diabetic yet but are going to be in six months. And we can stop that from happening when they partner with us. You know, and, and we're coming up on the break here, Philip, but it's kind of interesting because um, I hear this all the time when I visit an employer that's in this program or, 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 or you know, and, and, and has had this happen. I had no idea that I was headed toward uh, being a type 2 diabetic or I had no idea my triglycerides and my cholesterol off the page. And I was told to go. I, I remember there's a famous story about a certain CEO of a certain insurance company who got a call right here in this town and was told go to the ER. This was a few years ago, but literally had to have a, a heart surgery it, 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 when he walked through the door. So it is quite amazing what 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 can happen here and what what you all are able to deliver. When when we come back from the break, uh, we're going to get into you know the analytics. How does it work and what does it do and 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 how does that affect the employer? So stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting on the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more after the break. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us by visiting our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Our producer, Mr. Ron Moore, I'm your host, Carrie Hall. Coming up this segment, we're going to continue um, our conversation with Philip Kurtz and Vicki Rice from Care ATC. You know, you're listening to this. You heard her say something interesting in that last segment. At least I thought it was very interesting. Uh, saving people's lives. Um, you might want to go up on that website and take a look at what these folks do. It is pretty remarkable, I can tell you. Um, I, I'm always amazed when I walk into their shop, and it's a huge facility, and I see all the giant television screens up around the 
around their, their facility that, that are measuring everything from the amount of time it takes somebody to answer the telephone at their company when they're getting calls to how many people showed up at a clinic to how many people missed an appointment. They measure everything. That's one of the reasons why this works. Um, so if you're an employer um, or if you're a broker agent, and this is something that you think might be of interest, I can tell you that it does make a difference. The website is careatc.com, careatc.com. There's a ton of information up there. Uh, go to the website, um, and, and you can learn more about this. And if you want to reach out to someone, they'll be happy to chat with you about their program and how it works. All right, Philip. So l- let's go back to this a little bit on the analytics side. You know, the the, the comment that Vicky made, um, how, how all this comes together. One of the things that I always think is interesting is that there's, there's a, there's a, a, a kind of admonition in this business. You can't manage what you can't measure. Okay. So, so the first thing is, you know, you almost any health plan has a certain percentage of their employees who are going to drive 80 to 90% of their total health care cost. And if you can find those people and identify those up front and actually take uh, action that would prevent those high cost dollars, those heart attacks, uh, those uh, strokes, uh, and, and get them help early on, find cancers before they become metastasized. Uh, those are things that we do. Uh, help people with skeletal skeletal muscular issues before they become a surgery. Like osteoporosis. And, and like osteoporosis. And also, you know, work-related, weight-related. Uh, so those, those are things that we can identify in the risk of the population. I'll give you a, a really quick example. Uh, we, <clears throat> we have a, a large fire department that had, the year before we came there, 64 employees that spent over $50,000 per employee. And I know who that part and, is. And uh, <laughs> I don't want to throw anybody no, out gonna, there. I, but, but I know who but, they are. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> that was the year before we came. After the first year, we were able to almost cut that number in half. That's and, amazing. And now they've been a customer of ours for over four years. And in this year alone, the total number will be less than 10 isn't that amazing? So you can see the number of people we've kept from being in the hospital. And, and the, I mean, those were experiences they were experiencing every year. And I have a real philosophy and a real goal because I also believe part of my passion is to see corporate America competitive in the world out there. And when we have the highest health care co- cost in the, in the world by leaps and bounds, and yet we've got this opportunity, I believe very strongly we have this opportunity to cut our health care cost in half. Now, that's a bold statement. That's a bold statement, but we have customers who do it, our best-in-class do that, and they do that by getting their employees healthy and keeping them out of the healthcare care system uh, outside of primary care uh, because they are healthy and they don't need the health care system. Okay, so here, here, here's, the, here's the one that the, – here's the employer or the broker sitting out there going, well, we have a wellness program. We, <laughs> we, we, we do a health risk assessment. We know what that is. And, and I know the answer to this, but I want you to answer this. Why does your model, the Care ATC model, work so much more effectively than having a standalone wellness program out here provided by another vendor, a third-party vendor? And and we did we did a blood draw. We had a phlebotomist come in, and 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 so we did that. Why why isn't our program working like Care ATC does, Philip? I think there's two program. There's two reasons why they don't work as well, and that's kind of really comparing ourselves to Main Street Health. And number one is you've got to remove the barriers for patients to want to utilize the healthcare system. 
And doing that means lowering the cost so it makes it easier for them to get in. Two, getting that risk assessment at the beginning. And that means more than just claim data, but also, I mean, uh, more than just your personal health assessment where we take the blood draws and weight and height and and circumference and, and blood pressure. But that also means getting your history of claims, knowing what medications you're already taking, knowing what procedures you've already done, using all that science to create some wonderful algorithms that'll make predictions about who the highest risk are. And you go out and address that most quickly. Most healthcare systems don't have all the sources of data that we have to be able to do that. And then in addition to that, they don't make it friendly for the patient to go and use the healthcare system. It's long lines waiting, you know, in the waiting Half a day room to go see a doctor months. if Absolutely. you can get in. Half a day. And, yeah. and most people don't feel that they can take off work to do that type of thing. And most employers don't <clears throat> smile about that. And, and most employers don't. Absolutely. And, and, and in many places, states and federal governments where employees are working for, like a school system or whatever, they will have to hire somebody to substitute for that person, which right. is higher cost. So they'll deduct that from the teacher. But if the teacher can get in and out in less than an hour, then they don't have to find a substitute. So you no. can see the productivity cost, uh, why employers frown on that. But you've got to remove those barriers, let them go out there, but then you've got to make it quick and understand the employer's paying for this and get them back to work quickly. Vicki, how, how important is it, the, 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 the other piece, and I hear this from, from my clients, that doctor in that facility is reaching back out to that patient as a doctor. Well, that's the thing. When we talk about the data-driven healthcare, the doctor is aware of all of those services that that patient's had on Main Street. He knows what medications they're taking. He's able to contact, uh, connect directly with that patient about where they are even if they haven't told him the full truth about what's going on with their health. Not that that ever happens, of course, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. We're all totally honest with the doctor. You know, and just to circle back to something that Philip said, when we talk about half a day to go to the doctor versus an hour, it's not just the quantity of time, but the quality of time that they're spending as well. So when you go on Main Street and you're gone for half a day, you might spend 10 minutes face-to-face with the doctor. At our facility, when you're gone for an hour, 30 minutes of that time is face-to-face with a doctor. Actually, the national average is seven minutes. Well, so you, I was you're being giving generous. Them three minutes more than they actually, <laughs> na- actually get it. It's yeah. actually seven. You know, you, you, you used a word that is very important, though, I think, and I, and I hear this from our clients, too, connectivity. Mm-hmm. The fact that that doctor, that provider is connecting right with that patient that had that health risk assessment, and they do sit down with them for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. You know, one of my clients said he was in for an hour with the doctor in Wichita. So they're like totally surprised. He actually took time to talk to me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't blown in, blown out, and given a prescription. So it is a completely different model. And I think that accounts for a lot of the success that you see. And as Philip talked about, these constantly reducing numbers and the fact that that impacts cost. It's fewer referrals out into the specialists because we have less time, <laughs> more time with the patients. And then in, on top of that, you're staying out of the ER and out of the hospital because your chronic conditions are managed. Yeah, and managing the chronic conditions is a huge deal. When we come back from the break, we'll talk more. We're going to get a little more into, uh, you know, the success of how this works and and what they do that makes it successful, connecting all the dots. We'll talk some more about this when we come back from the break. If you want information, the website is careatc.com, careatc.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break with more.
Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the Fruited Plain here on the HI Radio Network. You can find out more about us by visiting our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. There are a lot of blogs up there, a lot of information up there. There's information up there on Care ATC. If you want to go to the website, you'll find information up there. The website for Care ATC is careatc.com. Careatc.com. You know, I think it's important to understand something here. We've talked about the, the different size employers. One of the things that 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 marvel that I think is marvelous about this company and what they do is you can have twenty five employees, or you can have twenty five hundred employees, or you can have fifteen or twenty thousand employees, like Quick Trip does, and you still have access to the same level of care. So they have a shared clinic model, they have a standalone clinic model. The Quick Trip program allows one of our clients in that program is able to participate in that program, even though uh, his company manufactures glass. So there are there are many ways you can do this, and it probably will surprise you just how affordable it is. If you want to learn more about it, go to the website, careatc.com, careatc.com. Okay, so, Philip, the difference between traditional medical cost and care versus true population management, and let's talk a little bit about that. And What does that mean, and why is that important? First of all, almost all doctors are taught to be reactionary rather than proactive. So the the major difference to begin with is focus on prevention versus focus on uh, a train wreck after it's already happened. And so that is, you know, you wait wait until they become a type 2 diabetic to treat them as a diabetic rather than finding out and addressing them when they're a pre-diabetic to keep them from ever becoming that diabetic to begin with. Uh, the other thing is, is that when you go to Main Street, there's no capability of that of that Main Street health system to be able to tell you what the risk is in your overall population. So we can go back and, and after we health risk assess the population and get their claim data in, then we can come back and pretty precisely say, we expect you to have 172 people that are going to be hospitalized this year. That's amazing. We, <clears throat> yeah, we can be that precise. And we can be within 99, 98% accuracy on that information. We can say, this is the number of people you have that are pre-diabetic. These are the number of diabetics you have. This is the stage at which the number two diabetic or type two diabetic is at. You've got you know, 42 people that will be facing over the next four or five years for end-stage uh, uh, renal disease. Renal disease. Right. And you know, out of that, you'll have 30 of those people that will end up on kidney dialysis. So, and when you look at the cost of that kidney dialysis, yeah, a quarter of a million pay, dollars. Yeah, exactly. So we can be so precise at various disease states, and we can say this is the number of people that we've been able to identify that that have cancer. These are the number of people we can identify that are pregnant and that will have a child next year. These, are, so we can go through and we can say this is how much that will cost you. And basically, a lot of people are surprised that they think there's massive healthcare inflation out there, but the major driver of inflation is not the, the, at the aspirin that went up. The major cost of healthcare is that the disease state of your population goes up every year. So unless you start addressing it, it's a little bit like ignoring that tire that's getting lower and lower on your car. If you put air in it, it didn't cost you anything. But if you wait until you're flat down the highway and you drive another 20 miles on that flat tire, it's, it's gone and you've had to replace it. Well, that's really the way your population is. And we have the data to be able to assess the overall population. If we're able to do the health risk assessments and take their claim data in, we can get very precise and predict 
extremely accurately. Uh, and then we know where to go and put that. And that also means we may have to go put our emphasis. And that may mean that we also have to uh, meet with the employer and strategize on how we get the pre-diabetics into a program. You've got 65, 70 pre-diabetics. Let's maybe do some group coaching. Let's bring them into a coaching program or let's do some educational with them or let's offer some incentives to to lose weight and, and teach them some new ways of eating so that they can uh, move back into a safe zone with their A1C. So those are things that we do that certainly Main Street isn't doing, and then we can keep that progression of disease from happening. And overall, you're going to see a savings in your dollars that you spend, and you're going to see more productivity out of your population. So, Vicki, th- th- that answers the question. This is the one that I mentioned earlier in the show. H- how do I know what the ROI is? <laughs> Because that's the first thing. If the, if the owner doesn't ask that question, the CFO certainly asks Absolutely. that question. Okay, how do I know what the, what the ROI is? And what Philip just went through is actually kind of a detailed, that's exactly how you get to that number. It and is. that comes from the analytics that you're, that you're chewing through yeah. and going through and coming back out the other side and saying, here's where we are. Yeah, so the first thing we did when, when Philip brought me in is we started our descriptive analytics program, right? Telling you what already happened on your health plan. And then the second year I was here, we moved into focusing on predictive analytics. And that's kind of what Philip was just explaining, being able to tell how many people are likely to end up hospitalized, how many people have a 50% chance of being high cost claimant in the coming year. Um, All of those details he just went through. That's our predictive analytics program, which has come into play this year. Now, moving into my third year, we're focusing on prescriptive analytics. So we've told you what happened. We told you what's likely to happen, and now we're working towards telling you what to do about it. So when Philip talks about having those strategy sessions with the employer and saying, here's what your risks are, and here's the way the, the customers that are best in class in our organization are addressing those risks, and the, way, the results they're having with these types of programs, and here's how we can make that work for you. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, uh, Philip, I was at the... Um at the Pareto Contrarianary Conference in Nashville for the fall conference. And they, they, they you know, they're, they're, Pareto is the largest captive in the country with over 300 employers in this particular one. And they had a, one, one of the sessions we talked about was primary care clinics and, and cost control. Employers that have engaged in this model, and this floored me because I, I, I kind of knew, but I, 80% of them have seen increases of no more than 3 to 5%. And a lot of them have flatlined. That's how that's how impactful what you're talking about is. So it 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 it's it take you don't go from zero to you know as we like to say around here zero to Oprah overnight. Okay, <laughs> but 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 you do if you if you put the plan in place and you follow the plan, you will get there, right? And it's like any continuous improvement process. Companies continue to reinvest to continue to hone down and bring down the risk, and so we have several customers, like a quick trip, who've been customers for ours for 10 years, five years, eight years. Uh, over the last five years, though, we've gotten much more scientific about it. And those companies that have participated in this have seen their numbers over a five-year period be exactly what they were the, the first year that we started measuring this stuff. So they have not seen any more than, than one or two or no increase at all over that five-year period. In fact, you know, we've got one customer who's been a customer for about 11 or 12 years, and they've brought down their cost about 11% over that same five-year period. So 
you know, you, you can because they're in that continuous improvement. So part of the benchmarking that we'll be using going forward is to benchmark not only against, you know, other people in your industry, other people in your geographic location or the national average, but to actually be able to benchmark against best in class. And what have they done that we haven't done in our organization to end up with the same kind of results. And that's the kind of core competency that we're able to go in and give an employer and say, these are the, you know, the wellness programs or the uh, coaching programs, or maybe we need to do a major obesity program, or maybe we need to do some behavioral programs. So those are things that we can bring to the table to basically focus on those specific items that are major, they're major cost drivers. Some of them might be dealing with pharmacy or some of them might be dealing with the fact that they don't really have a very good network uh, program there. Uh, maybe we're referring out too many on their main street things. So we, we help companies even when they're not even our on-site clinic customer or shared clinic customers in these areas as well. So uh, that's what's really important is to be able to really go in partnership with your employers to say, how do we what, what do we do about these cost drivers and how we drive them down instead of up? Yeah, it, you know, Vicki, it is interesting because you, you hear this great wailing of gnashing of teeth in Washington and, uh, you know, from various people about you, uh, healthcare costs can't be controlled. It's, you know, this and it's that and something. It's not rocket science. It, what you do is pretty close to rocket science. <laughs> but, but from a standpoint of, when, you know, when, when we can sit down with an employer and say this is where you're at, and this is where we need to go. And now let's talk about, as Philip said, what, how are we going to get there? Uh, it, it can be done. Absolutely. And, and, and again, that part is really not rocket science. It, it, it's it's uh, common sense, right? It, when, when you talk about rocket science, it makes me think about the Apollo mission where they're up on the moon and, 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 and they're going to crash. All we have is what's inside this box to fix the problem. Duct tape. It's true. No, I, the data is what's inside the box, and it helps us fix the problem. And, and it does help fix the problem. You know, if you're interested, the information is all there on the website, folks, careatc.com. If you're a broker, let me tell you something. This is one of the smartest things you'll ever do for a client. And if you want to be a hero, especially after you got that big fat increase from your reinsurance carrier, you really ought to take a look. It's careatc.com. We'll be right back after the break with more in our final segment. Stay tuned. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the HIA radio network. You can find out more about us by visiting our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. My producer, the always perfect Mr. Ron Moore. I'm your host, Carrie Hull. Coming up this segment, we're going to wrap it up with the folks from Care ATC. If you want to learn about this, you're curious, it costs you nothing to go look. You might be surprised at what it winds up saving you after you've looked. The website is careatc.com, careatc.com. They're a national company. They've got clients in Florida. They've got clients in California. They've got clients all points in between. Um, they're in Texas. They're all over the place. Um, they've got shared clinic and standalone clinic models. It Go take a look at it. Make a phone call after you get up on that website and ask one of the representatives to help you. You'd be surprised um, how affordable it is. You'd also probably be surprised at how much they do and how much it can impact your company. So, Philip, I want to talk about something, and, and, and 
Bryce Habeck over at Quick Trip surprised me with this when he when he made this statement. He said, this has affected the culture at our company, and it's been a very positive impact. Um, you, talk a little bit about that, because it is very, very different than going and sitting in a primary care physician's office for 45 minutes to an hour before you get in, and then you go sit in that room for another 20 or 30 minutes, and then you get seven minutes. Uh, familiarity with that doctor, being able to get in and get out. Um, these, a lot of these clinics are open late in the afternoons. A lot of them are open on Saturdays. Talk a little bit about how that all becomes part of that company's culture. Well, first, I think it's important that a company have a culture of health and expect that of their employees. And, you know, even from the point of hiring, they need to talk to people about what do you do to keep healthy? What What is your, you know, so that that gets a, uh, an individual already of the idea that this is going to be an important part to their employers. Second of all, creating a culture, most of our employers a lot talk about the fact that, uh, you know, we some of the value that they got out of this that they didn't expect to get out of it was the absolute uh, employee retention. They found that a retention went up with their employees, and also they became a much more attractive place for people to go to work. Uh, we had a uh, police department, uh, no, actually a fire department down in Florida, who their contract came up for renewal, and one of the policemen went to, and and there was no there was no dispute about the renewal, so there was no big issue, but they were having an open hearing about it, and this fireman heard about it, and he actually rushed down to speak to the uh, city commissioners and uh, and basically our city representatives, and, and he came in and he said, look, this is the greatest benefit that our company or that our department has ever gotten from the city, that it's allowed me to have get my children taken care of while me being taken care of as well. He said, before, in order to put braces on my son, I would have given up taking my blood pressure medicine or something like this. But now this has just been great. Uh, it's It allows me to go in and quickly get addressed and back out. So after that, he was through uh, giving that, they said, well, we, we weren't looking at at not renewing the contract, the you know the open hearing was maybe how we expand the opportunity. So <laughs> I, I know uh, that story very well. Paul Keeling uh, yeah. uh, shared that story with me. Yeah. I'm very familiar with that yeah, story. That that he he went on his own to that hearing and made that absolutely, testimonial. Absolutely. That tells you something. And and employers then began to realize that their employees appreciate them a whole lot more of the values that they're providing them. You know we. We pride ourselves in seeing 90% of our patients from 10 minutes of arrival at the clinic. That doesn't mean parking them in an exam room. That means the doctor sees them within that 10 minutes. So they're busy before the doctor even comes in, getting their blood pressure taken and and uh, explaining to the nurse or, or uh, medical assistant what you know what's wrong so they can right. make those notes and prepare the doctor. And so as a result, uh, they're not sitting there sitting and waiting around they're they're being seen very rapidly and that that uh means a lot to people because yeah, uh, uh, most of us wouldn't tolerate a restaurant with that kind of service that we get no, on you'd Main walk Street, out so you'd walk yeah. out yeah. but we don't walk out of the healthcare care no, a little, so. little different i've walked out of a few doctor's offices though <laughs> in that situation and that and, yeah. and one not so long ago so a couple of things are important to understand here about what philip just said number one prescription drugs generics vicky are part of the program so that's covered as a cost X-rays, labs, typically those are covered as well. And another thing that's really important, and Philip kind of alluded to it there, is this is when, when, when the employer signs up for this and, and does his PEPM, per employee per month cost, that includes the whole family. 
So if the employee's wife and three children or husband and three children, that's all part of the program, right? That's absolutely correct. So whatever they're paying per employee does cover the whole family. It also covers all of the services that happen in the clinic. The patients go home with their medication in their hands. They don't have to go to Walgreens and sit with a bunch of other sick people waiting for their their scripts to get filled. They go home and start taking the medicine within an hour. So it really does make a difference, and that's part of that ROI. When we talk about the productivity, um, a big part of the ROI comes from people being back at work sooner, not only from the visit, but from the illness as well. And then you also have that ROI of keeping those employees that you spent all that money training connected to your company, not wanting to leave those services. Yeah, and how many people go to the doctor, he gives them the prescription, and, oh, I didn't get it filled, or, oh, it's two weeks, it's gone by, and I still haven't gotten that blood pressure, cholesterol medication. They walk out the door at the clinic, that medicine's put in their hands as they go out the door. That's right. So that changes that dynamic right there at that point in time, right? That's right. And I think the number's 20% nationally of prescripts go unfilled. It is. That's exactly what it is. And that doesn't happen with us. And by the way, part of the analytics that she keeps track of is gaps in their medication and gaps in their care. So when those are filled, you know, people stay healthier. And that's uh, part part of the value proposition as well. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. And giving the doctor that information at the time of the visit. So when I go see the doctor, if I haven't been taking my diabetes medicine, he sees that. Uh, in the medical record while he's talking to me, and we have a conversation about why, so he can remove the barrier to me getting that care. Makes a big difference. Makes a big difference all the way around. Thank you both for coming in today and doing the show with us. Uh, hopefully we'll do this again. Uh, I think we got some great information out to all the folks in our audience. You know, if you ha- you know, you're listening to this, you're curious, just go to the website. Just go look. It, like I said, it doesn't cost you anything to go look. You might be surprised. The website is careatc.com careatc.com. All their information is up there. They've got videos up there. They've got a ton of stuff up there uh, that'll illustrate to you why this would be a good decision uh, for you to take a look at this and do something that's going to make sense for you. Once again, it's careatc.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I leave you with this thought from Albert Einstein. The one who follows the crowd will usually get no further than the crowd. The one who walks alone is likely to find himself in places no one has ever been. Remember, friends, it's a funny thing about life. If you refuse to accept anything but the very best, you most often get it. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting on the HIA radio network, coast to coast across the USA. Goodbye, America. 